I'd like to read from Whispers from Eternity, mystical poems by Paramahansa Yogananda. <clears throat> Demand for the opening of the spiritual eye, the eastern star of wisdom. Bless me, Father, that I behold the eastern star of wisdom. May it shine before my human eyes as much in daylight as in darkness. Long my eyes were blinded by the tinsel glitter of materiality. Seeing things always outwardly, I saw not the spirit behind and within them. I saw the mustard seed of matter, but spied not the oil of spirit that it contained. My third eye of wisdom is now open. Oh, may it always be so. Let the gaze of my single eye of realization penetrate through the very veil of matter to behold the infinite presence of Christ everywhere. Bless me that my sacred wise thoughts following the star of knowledge lead me to the Christ in everything. <clears throat> uh, to the zealots who wanted uh, Jesus Christ to be their king on earth, uh, as we know, uh, Christ said that uh, uh, my kingdom is not of this world. Uh, we're taught that uh, that the astral wor uh, world is hundreds of times larger than the physical world, and it's just incredibly beautiful compared to uh, the most beautiful scenery on Earth. Uh, but that's not far enough. Uh, we still have an ego in the astral world, and if we have a, 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 a tamed ego, uh, we can feel great joy and bliss, but our emotions are intensified. Uh, and, and then we go to the causal world, the thought world, and uh, things are just, as you'd expect in the causal world, the thought world, just a mere thought. Uh, I was um, reading about people's experience of OM and how when people go deeply into OM, uh, sometimes they'll just be just a, a seed thought of, uh, of something existing, but it's it's the reality of Om and everything else that is the true uh, nature of everything, and everything else is just a, a simple little thought. And when you hear Om perfectly, it's on the causal level. There's uh, in education, uh, they uh, often in uh, uh, working with children, uh, they use the model of, of a V. I learned this my first year of teaching at Ananda School. And uh, when children um, lack uh, uh, immaturity, uh, you put them down at the bottom of the V. And then they've got definite limits. And as they become more expansive, uh, and they, they can get, rise up and have more space, they have more responsibility. And I was thinking about that and how God has uh, worked with all of us for these five billions of incarnations that we've had, uh, is that uh, in the beginning, uh, you know, there's nothing uh, more immature than the ego. And why is that? Uh, the ego is self-involved, it sees itself as the only reality, or at least it refers everything else uh, to itself. And it's so focused on itself, it can't experience uh, its larger reality. Uh, and when we go to the, uh, the well, we're confined to a physical body on this plane. And then in the astral world, uh, souls that uh, have a, a, 
uh, an active ego, uh, they aren't allowed to move very much. I read a book, I don't know if it's true, uh, but it uh, goes along, uh, at least in spirit, of what Master had said on the astral world, but uh, souls that are just awakening, they're sort of encased by a shell, and they just spend that time just enclosed. But, uh, advanced souls, they begin to, they can move and wander all around the astral world. Well, uh, Master used this image of um, cosmic consciousness uh, being confined, uh, or he equated it to a million cubic feet of air, cosmic consciousness. And he said that the ego, uh, being identified with the body, confines that experience of cosmic consciousness into one cubic foot of air. And so this is why we don't want to have desires, because we, we identify, like with Dr. Lewis, he was admiring a large car, and um, Yogananda said, watch your desires, doctor, <laughs> uh, because that becomes our reality, uh, very, very small. But once we can break the confines of the container, our body, our consciousness just spreads out through a million cubic uh, feet of air and beyond. Um, uh, Yogananda said that um, our bodies, our Divine Mother's body is uh, uh, with comets shooting through space and stars and throughout infinity and she uh, is saddened when we identify uh, with our tiny little body and not her great body which of course is our own as a, as a child of God. There was... Uh, I, I attended a, a, a conference uh, a couple of weeks ago in Oakland, and uh, the speaker was actually uh, uh, the chief medical officer for the Sutter Health, and his, uh, he was black, and his mother was a mathematician for NASA, and although she wasn't featured in the movie, uh, Hidden Figures, uh, she was kind of had a comparable uh, experience as being a mathematician. And uh, so uh, he, he wanted to be an astronaut. He ended up uh, being a doctor instead. Uh, but he, he knew the astronauts. And uh, Bill Anders uh, was one of the uh, astronauts on Apollo 8, the first manned mission uh, to the moon. And it didn't land, but it got into the orbit of the moon. And uh, they were going around the fourth time. And they looked out, and they behold the Earth rising out of the shadow of the moon. And it was so thrilling to them, uh, and so beautiful, and so fragile, and so precious, that they forgot completely about the moon. And it was all about the Earth, and they were taking pictures. And uh, one of the pictures, uh, the, well, one that they were all taking pictures, the three astronauts, uh, Bill Anderson's uh, one was chosen, and it was uh, said to have started the environmental movement uh, in 1968, or one of the, the causes. But I was thinking about that experience, just hearing him talk about his experience and how precious uh, the Earth was. And the astronauts had to travel 200, nearly 239 million miles away from Earth to gain that perspective. And um, in the same way, uh, we have to travel away from matter consciousness to be able to see the divine in all creation. I was at Encinitas, that's uh, Paramahatsu Yogananda's Hermitage by the Ocean. And at the time I was writing uh, a book called Om, the Melody of Love. 
And as I was looking out at the ocean, I was thinking of Yogananda's words. He said that the inner sounds of the chakras, which are on the astral level, uh, you hear Om on the, uh, from the spiritual eye uh, on the causal level, but uh, all the other chakras are uh, heard from the astral level. He said they're just marvelous to, to hear. But he said even their physical representation are, uh, are a good thing to listen to. And there's a, a real sense of resonance. It's not an exact quote by Yogananda, but I was thinking about that and that's because uh, whenever you saw a physical expression of the ocean, uh, heard church bells, uh, um, you know, water, uh, like a stream, all different manifestations of the chakras, uh, you know what lies beyond that physical expression. And it can be very thrilling. It can just draw you uh, towards spirit and to remind you of spirit. And of course, when you go far enough, uh, uh, the devotee will be like Yogananda, where he would just see lights. Uh, uh, see everybody as light, great lights. And that's all he saw. Uh, not too long ago, I had a, a, a healing, uh, and it was a very interesting one. Uh, the, um, this healer helped to bring uh, the energy up uh, to the spiritual eye. And uh, during the healing, I just saw everything as white light. And every form, there was the gurus there and uh, different uh, devotees uh, from Ananda there. There was just the very hint of outline, just a tiny little line, uh, just a few little specks. Uh, I, Yogananda said that uh, every uh, atom has individuality and it doesn't lose sense of that. But in this experience, I don't know how accurate it was, uh, but the feeling I think was correct because everything was just united and there was no difference between anything. It was just all light. And this is the experience more and more uh, that we have the inner kingdom where we, we know uh, that we're unified with creation uh, and we've stepped outside of that polarization. Uh, you know, the, uh, this, especially the earth, uh, the physical plane, uh, we live in duality. There's pain and happiness, uh, day and night, and everything has an opposite. And, uh, and so you find yourself in opposition to other things. And, uh, and it's hard to kind of move without that opposition. Of course, as you develop on the path, uh, uh, Satan, uh, the outward flowing f uh, force of Maya, uh, can step in. And even though if you don't have the karma to do it, it just is uh, trying to um, stop a good thing. But this whole sense of uh, just living in divisiveness, uh, it's just part of living on earth. I remember reading about uh, a football player and his team had lost. And uh, the reporter was just saying, um, well, couldn't you guys have played better than you did? <laughs> and was sort of deriding their efforts. And I love the answer that this football player said. He said, well, you know, we're trying to move the ball this way. And the other team is trying to move the ball this way, and they won this time. <laughs> and you just can't win every time. Uh, but uh, when you, uh, but it's going into the stillness that we get out of that duality and out of that 
contentiousness, and that's when we find freedom, and we're just living in God. And as the affirmation said today, that you know, in God's truth, it's all benevolent, and um, and we can just easily cooperate and ride with that truth. In meditation, there are two sacred ties, tides. Uh, one is the uh, the high tide that moves out on the land, and that draws us, that manifests us, uh, so that we have awareness uh, of our individuality. Uh, uh, and and then there's the inward flowing tide that brings us back to the sea of spirit, and it's that inward flowing uh, energy that unites us uh, with God. And there was. Uh, uh, a friend of ours, friend of Ananda, who was uh, in Mexico City uh, one evening, standing on a balcony. And he was enjoying the city lights. It was just a beautiful evening, warm, and uh, just the glow of the, uh, the lights was, uh, fascinated him, and he was enjoying it. And then, as happened sometimes in Mexico, there was a brownout, and all the electricity went out. And he was at first a little disappointed. He couldn't see the lights anymore. But then he looked up into the sky, and what did he see? He saw the lights of the planets, of the stars. And, uh, and he was just saw that the, that was so much more vaster and so much more beautiful uh, than the city lights and more calm uh, uh, experience and expansive. And so that is always there. It's just a matter of just being quiet and still. Uh, there's... Uh, Yogananda in his New Disciples, uh, he, he always talked about the importance of being positive at all times. And there's a lot of dimensions to that. Uh, there's a, a humorous but very uh, insightful story in the autobiography of a yogi. Uh, Shikteshwar, uh, Yogananda's guru, uh, had been ill and lost a lot of weight. And he wanted to regain uh, his robustness and bring the weight on. And so he went to Lahiri Mahashai, his guru, and uh, he, he said that he'd been ill and he would like to be better. And so Lahiri said, oh, I see that you've made yourself unwell. And, um, uh, and then he said, I'm sure you'll feel better. And then the next day, he felt better, <laughs> and uh, he was very pleased. And uh, I think maybe if a master can be, but maybe he was just playing it out, he was elated <laughs> that he was better. And uh, but then uh, Lahiri Mahashai said, "Oh, you uh, you had a serious illness, and you may not stay well. Uh, uh, who knows what will happen tomorrow?" And uh, and this uh, this cold dread of fear overcame Sheikh Teshwar because it was a very uh, serious illness. And what if? And what if? And the next day, he was, he, he was sick again. And he, he came and commiserated with Lahiri. And, uh, and Lahiri said, oh, you've made yourself uh, uh, unwell uh, again. And, um, and then uh, a few uh, further on the conversation, uh, uh, Lahiri, uh, Sheikh Tashtar said, well, um, he, or Lahiri had said that well, it's your thinking that has caused you to be well and unwell. And so uh, 
Shikteshwar said, well, if I think I'm well, do you think I will be well? <laughs> and uh, and uh, Lahiri said, yes, even, even now at this moment. And immediately he just gained all this weight. And when uh, uh, Shikteshwar uh, went to his mother's house who lived in Menaris, uh, she was just freaked out. Said, what do you have, dropsy? Because he was just like bloated. I don't know if he put on 40 pounds, but uh, it was just really dramatic. And um, most of us uh, have heard that story. But in meditating on that story, uh, especially um, with the topic today, it's like uh, we have to ask ourselves constantly, what reality am I identifying with? If we're negative, uh, we're uh, identifying with the, the state of duality, of contentiousness, of opposition, of limitation, of smallness. Uh, but if we're being positive, uh, then uh, uh, and, and seeing life as good and benevolent, and uh, this sense of unity of, of the, you know, the, all the qualities of God, then we're identifying with God. And I think there's probably lots of reasons why Yogananda said to be positive all times, but it's, it comes back again to what reality of consciousness am I identifying with? It's important uh, on the path, uh, of course, to listen and to enter into the silence. Uh, there's an amusing story that was uh, told uh, by an Orthodox Russian uh, bishop, uh, and I think he grew up uh, in the 50s, and one of the favorite radio shows uh, was The Goon Show. And I don't know if anybody remembers it or not, uh, but one script was uh, one character, uh, the phone rang, and the character picked up the phone and said, hello, uh, who's speaking? Speak louder. Who's speaking? Who's speaking? And then at the other, uh, from the other end of the line, uh, the voice said, you're speaking. <laughs> and so the character goes, ah, I thought I recognized that voice. <laughs> and then they hug off the phone. <laughs> and isn't this sometimes uh, maybe a little bit uh, what happens in our meditation, in our prayer? is that uh, we're just revolving some thoughts, or at least they enter in, and we're the ones that are, are speaking. Uh, and uh, Yogananda said that God is speaking to us all the time. Uh, he was referencing it to Om, that from spirit that the, the cosmic vibration is just emanating out. And Yogananda said, sometimes the uh, cosmic Om speaks to me in Bengali and sometimes in English, uh, but it's always speaking to me. And, um, uh, and so this is, we know that God is with us all the time and uh, we just sometimes forget. And so uh, by our daily meditation, uh, we get a chance to tear aside the veils and to feel a subtle presence of spirit uh, and uh, as we concentrate. And, uh, and then we carry that through the day and we can stay in touch with God uh, uh, moment to moment. Uh, there's a beautiful story of St. Herman of Alaska. 
he was apostle, uh, uh, Orthodox apostle uh, uh, for North America at the time. Of course, Russians thought that they, <laughs> if they were on the North American continent, they were <laughs> all of North America, I think. But uh, anyway, this, this, he was a very great saint, and he lived on an island off the coast of Alaska. And a, Ru a Russian uh, trading ship came and docked, and they invited him to share a meal uh, with the officers on board. And as they were eating, uh, everyone uh, started just spontaneously around the table. They just uh, shared what was most important to them in life. And uh, the, uh, the, the captain said that... Um, I, I want to be able to come home and see my family, see my children again. Uh, the junior officers said that um, I would like advancement, I'd like to have my own ship someday, and it was all uh, thoughts like this. And then uh, St. Herman, uh, he was asked, well, what do you uh, prize most in your life? And he said, um, for this day, for this hour, for this moment, let us love God above all else. And Yogananda said that the minutes are more important than the hours and that when we're in the present moment, we have God. And the heart that is not seeking outward is quiet and inward and close to God. And when God knows that we want him more than anything else in creation, he will come to us. Years ago, I had a, a dream. And in this dream, I was pedaling a bicycle through a, a wheat field, kind of near where I grew up as a boy. And uh, I, had, uh, I was going along at a pretty good pace with my bicycle as much as a, probably a 12-year-old boy could go. And uh, then I looked off to my left, and I saw a large falcon come flying in uh, and flying parallel with me. And the presence of this bird was so thrilling that I, I wanted to stay up with it. And the falcon went a little bit faster, and so I pedaled faster to stay up with the falcon. And then it looked at me, and it, and it seemed to say, can you go faster? And so it went even faster. And so I pedaled as much as I could just to stay with the magnetic presence of this wonderful falcon. Uh, and, and then it looked at me and smiled. Birds don't have teeth, but uh, he smiled, I could tell. And then it started flying up into the sky. And then I left the bike and I flew with the falcon into the sky. And in thinking about that story uh, with this topic, you know, there's a spiritual equation that we're taught that the spiritual path requires 25% of our effort, and we're uh, given 25% of the effort by the guru, and then 50% by God's grace. Uh, but in this particular dream, I had to be in motion, didn't I? And uh, because I was, God could help me. And so uh, the more that we can offer ourselves into spirit, the more that God will pull us into spirit in that full real realization. 
And more and more as uh, the path we've seen, I'm sure, in our lives, that it becomes more effort effortlessly liberating because there's a great magnetism, isn't there, of these inner worlds. We've all tasted it in some way, in a th very thrilling way that just captures our heart. And so uh, let us all, all of us, me, you, Anandi, everyone here, just dedicate ourselves more and more to this inner experience of God so that we know our true reality in Him. Bless us all. Hatred.